Welcome everybody to the very last episode of Beyond the Ring of Boxing in 2021. We have a really, really great show for you today. And we are going to recap some of the best fights of 2021, some really great upsets, some unknown fighters who I definitely want to talk about as well, and some big fights that are going to be on the horizon for next year in 2022. I cannot wait to start, so let's just jump right in. So this past year in 2021, there were so many great, great fights. And obviously this year with the first year, really after after the pandemic, boxing fans, promoters, all event holders, everybody, everyone really had to see what was going to happen. How was everything going to be organized, taken, um, all fans, would, would fans be allowed in? Would fighters, would they have to bow out because of COVID? That happened a couple times. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, Al Spence, uh, well, Spence actually got uh, hurt, but... Um, when, uh, obviously with Cambosis and Lopez, that was postponed because of COVID while the Fury three was postponed originally because of COVID. So despite all of the postponements and fighters dropping out, having to reschedule, this was a fantastic year for boxing. There were so many great fights, great upsets, unknown fighters being recognized. Now people had no idea who they were and they are now known because of big upsets huge fights, so I cannot wait to start. So there were so many fights this past year. I could go down the list. It would take me hours and hours and hours to kind of go through every single fight between every single weight class, everything, everything, everything. There's three in, three in particular that I would really like to recap. So I have talked about multiple times on the show since I started the podcast back earlier this summer about Wilder Fury 3. Wilder Fury 3, Tyson Fury, and Deontay Wilder. First met in December 18, rematch February 2020, finally had the trilogy fight because of COVID in this past October of 21. Great trilogy, first fight was a draw, second fight, Fury knocked out Wilder via TKO in the seventh round, and this past fight, trilogies sometimes are good, sometimes they're bad. I know in UFC, sometimes they just really play them out based on how Fighters happen, how how the fights happen, how they all play out. But you know what? This trilogy fight was one of the best I have ever seen. So, going into the fight, uh, after Wilder had lost via TKO in 2020 for the second fight, the rematch, he had exercised, as him being the champion, exercised his clause in the contract for a, fir- a third fight for a trilogy. And in that trilogy fight, finally happened. It was supposed to happen in July of 2021. Got postponed again. Fury contracted COVID. Happened in uh, October this year. So going into the fight, Wilder did his whole entire thing for the press conference. You're not going to get up. He was a little more quiet, though, leading into it, which is what he really needed to do. He didn't scream his whole entire bomb squad. He probably did, but you know what? He was not as loud because you know what? You lost. You lost. You you lost. And in the second fight after he lost, he came up with this whole entire list of excuses. My water was spiked. My costume was too heavy. You're a professional athlete, dude. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Even saying Fury had like weights in his gloves. It was just, it was just ridiculous. It was so crazy, in fact, that Fury had Wilder's 
Cutman, I think JB, JD's, who's one of his uh, cornermen. I'm not sure if he's one of his cornermen or a cutman. He was in Fury's dressing room as he was getting taped for the fight to make sure that he was being wrapped uh, properly before the gloves were being placed on him. There were no illegal tamperings of any kind. So everything was go- good going into the fight. Going into the fight, though, the first couple minutes of the trilogy, you could tell Wilder had a little bit of a different approach. He wasn't just going for the big right hand right right hand knockout punch that has claimed him so many victories in the past. He was much more focused, had a really good left jab to Fury's body, was a little bit more composed. However, though, as the fight went on, you could see that Fury was a little bit in the driver's seat. Towards the middle of the fight, Wilder landed a square punch right in the middle of Fury's forehead. Fury stumbled, and you could really tell it rocked him. And he went down again, and it was a brawl (laughs) of a fight. Brawl of a fight. In the end, Wilder was taken out in the 11th round by a really nasty combination of punches upon Fury. He was really hanging on to the ropes. Wilder, he was not giving up, and Fury just landed this... Almost a combination of punches. He was wobbling so much. Fury was wobbling. They were both wobbling like crazy. Landed a crazy combination of punches. And landed a massive right hand right upon the uh, right side of Wilder's face. Like right around like between his temple and his ear. And really just took him out. His like right arm or left arm just he dangled onto the ropes. And the ref just called it. Called the fight right there. He'd been down so many times prior. Knew he could not defend himself anymore. And Wilder, unfortunately, did not uh, claim his WBC heavyweight championship title back, the notorious green belt. But Deontay Wilder was a champion before. Fury said he'll be a champion again. Fury has a lot of class when when he's, he's never lost, but he has a lot of class even in victory. And he was very, very congratulatory of Wilder, said thank you so much for having this trilogy with me, it was a great fight, and I have so much respect, I had a lot of respect for Wilder before, but I have so much respect for Wilder, because he did not give up, his, in his previous fight, um, his former, uh, corner man, his former trainer, Mark Breland, who he had actually fired, uh, changed up trainers, he had, had actually thrown in the, in the towel, Wilder did not want that. He wanted to go out on his own, and that's what he did. He put up a hell of a fight. He rocked Fury a couple times, put him down once or twice, and he came to fight. He came to fight. He's going to be a champion again, no doubt in my mind. He's a really exciting fighter to see. And as far as American heavyweight championship boxing, not too many others are really making noise. You know, heavyweight championship boxing has been gigantic in the world, but... Not in America. It is really big in the UK. You have big fighters like Usyk. Well, Usyk's not the UK, but um, in Europe, just Usyk in uh, from Russia. Obviously, Joshua from the UK. It's in Fury, obviously as well. Um, Andy Ruiz, though he was heavyweight champion for a short stint of time, he was um, though born in America. He's Mexican heavyweight champion, first Mexican heavyweight champion. Awesome, but not really many American heavyweight champions. Like Wilder is really the guy since probably. Really, Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield. So I would really much like to see him fight again. Um, definitely would like to see it in 2022. There's some names that, that can come about. Um, 
definitely I would like to. So to see that, I'd like to see him back into the ring. So Wilder Fury 3 was a terrific, terrific fight. I would highly recommend. I'm sure you could find, if not the full fight, some really terrific highlights on YouTube that you could check out. It was a brawl. It was a brawl of a fight from pretty much opening round to the 11th round. And those championship rounds of boxing, 11 and 12, they... They can make or break, and it can be really exciting to watch. So I would highly recommend checking that out. Fury, of course, was victorious, retaining the belt, was a terrific, terrific fighter. It still is a terrific fighter, and I would very much like to see him again very soon in 2022 to uh, defend his belts. And ultimately, depending upon what happens between the uh, Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua uh, rematch, Depending upon who wins that fight, then uh, the winner of that hopefully will contest against Fury for the ultimate unified, undisputed heavyweight championship. And that will be very, very exciting to see. So, because Fury right now has only uh, two of the belts. He has the Ring Magazine Lineal Heavyweight Champion, which is probably the most recognized belt. It's really recognized, very highly respected, and also the WBC, so, and of course, uh, Usyk has the remainder of the belts, but when Usyk or Joshua uh, were to fight against Fury, that would be a terrific fight when that eventually comes to be, so, that was my first fight of 2021, I definitely, I thought was one of the best, uh, being a trilogy, it did not disappoint by any means, uh, the second fight, um, had actually been postponed once or twice, and was, in my opinion, one of the best of not only 2021, but one of the best fights I've ever seen. That is in the lightweight division between Teofimo Lopez and George Cambosis. I mentioned and talked about the fight on the last podcast. Very, very good bout. Lopez, obviously, being the uh, lightweight champion, had multiple belts after defeating uh, Vasily Lomachenko in October 2020. This was his first fight and first defense, obviously, since that uh, victory of in that last October against George Cambosis. Now, this fight was supposed to happen a few times prior. Uh, it was supposed to be originally on uh, Trilla or Triller, uh, one of the two, however you pronounce it, that streaming service. Jake Paul's had a few fights on there. And that was supposed to happen in June in Miami. Did not come to be. I believe Lopez tested uh, positive for COVID. It was supposed to be rescheduled in mid-October again. And... The scheduling for that did not happen. Eventually, it was promoted by DAZN and Eddie Hearn of Matchroom Boxing. So, you know you're going to get top-of-the-line promotion, and the fight's going to come to be. Eddie Hearn is a master of his craft when it comes to promoting fights. He does. He goes all out. He's got, obviously, big names like Canelo, Anthony Joshua, you name it. So, And uh, the list goes on and on. So, But great fight. Terrific. As I mentioned last show, Cambosis upset Teofimo Lopez. Lopez, the champion going in, I believe very, very overconfident into the fight. I do not believe he was pre prepared for Cambosis by any means. I contribute uh, a lot of that lack of preparation due to his trainer fa and father and also became his part-time, if not full-time, boxing promoter. He really, I think, kind of lost sight of what he was really trying to do, which was defending his title belt. And Lopez is a great fighter. I'm not going to say he's not a great fighter. 
I believe that when he defeated Lomachenko in October of 2020, I do not believe that Lomachenko was at his best then. I believe he was a little bit hurt going into the fight or he hurt himself during the fight because he had surgery shortly after. I'm not sure if that was something that was injured going into the bout or if that was something that happened during the fight. However, Lopez won fair and square. He earned his championship belts that night against Lomachenko. I'm not saying that. You have to come prepared. You have to win. That being said, Lopez, I believe, won not when Lomachenko was his best. And I believed he was not the better fighter really even going into the fight against Cambosis. That's a really bold statement to say. But Cambosis put on a clinic. He boxed Lopez's face off. He did not take anything from him that he could not bring back to him. And I think that first round, in like 30 seconds left in round one, when Cambosis just planted a square punch right in the middle of uh, Lopez's face, I think it was on, on like the left side of his upper cheek, and put him right on the ground. He didn't know what to do with him. And I think right then and there, when he kind of, when Lopez gave him a little bit of a smile... That is not a good tactic to do in boxing, in any fight, any combat sport. When you get hit, you get planted square on the ground, and you smile. In my opinion, that is you were not prepared, and you're scared. You're not really in the zone right now. If you get hit in the, on the fight, if you get blasted in the face, and you get taken down, you're not smiling. You have like, okay, I got hit, you landed one. Let me get back into it. That's boxing. It's, it's about getting hit, like Rocky says in the movie. It's about how much... Not how hard you can get hit, it's how hard, how not how hard you can hit, how hard you can get hit and keep going. Lopez did not seem like he his head was really in the match. I think he was more concerned being, you know, the champion. He was just going to go out there, land some punches, and just retain his belts. Not the case. I said it last last fight and last, last fight, excuse me, last podcast. I will say it again today. I don't care if you're a champion, amateur, Olympic gold medalist, you know, 30-year veteran in the ring. I don't care if you're fighting an unranked amateur. The guy on the other side of the ropes on the in the other corner, he's trying to take a head off too. He's not going to go in there to throw the fight. He's going to do everything in his power to beat you. He's going to land every uppercut, punch you in the stomach, knock you out. He wants to hurt you. Cambosis was there to do his business, and he took care of business. He did not consider or really really care about Lopez's elevated status for that one year. He had the he had the belts for about a year's time. Bear in mind he had delays with COVID, but you know what? He never defended his titles. He was a one and done, just like Andy Ruiz. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It does not matter who you are. The other guy on the other side of the ring is always going to come to fight. Ken Bozes had a lot more endurance than him. He was much more agile on his feet. He was, his conditioning was really, really superior to Lopez's. He was, his endurance in the later rounds of that fight, not even only just not really taking the foot off the gas to continue to land those really effective power punches, but continuing to just have the endurance, keep up with him, defend himself. Even when Lopez clocked him a couple times, I think in the later rounds, he was still up. He was still up. He was not taking it. Both guys got bloodied up and bruised pretty bad. Lopez was bleeding pretty severely from the eye, but Cambosis came in and he took care of business. He was not going to, by any means, lose that fight. I watched recently him being interviewed on Joe Rogan's podcast, and every fighter says this, but Cambosis, he displayed it in the ring. He said to his wife before, I'm going here to fight. 
I'm going here to win. If I, I'm prepared to die in this ring. Very, very extreme statement to, stay, to say to, to the wife and mother of your children. <laughs> However, though, he displayed it. He was not going to lose. He did not take the foot off the gas. He was prepared way more than Lopez was. And it showed in the fight. His conditioning was far superior. Lopez came in, I think, a little bit more bulky, a little bit heavier. Just, you're in lightweight, man. Lightweight division, lightweight. I think, obviously, they both made weight. It was just an observation that I made. And he was not prepared. And the unfortunate thing is this. Lopez was a champion. And every single thing that I've seen so far about Cambosas, who should I fight next? Should it be Devin Haney, Lomachenko, Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis? Lopez is not mentioned at all. And I said it on the last podcast. He did not have a rematch clause in his contract. If you're a champion, lightweight, cruiserweight, super flyweight, heavyweight, super heavyweight, whatever. If you're a champion, I don't care how cocky you are, how prepared, what your previous record is, whatever. You need to have a rematch clause in your contract. This is your career. This is your job. If you lose by any means, you need to have that insurance. You need to have that insurance to not only to get your belts back, but to get more money. This is your job. Boxing, your sport is not going to last forever. Your career in the ring will not last for an eternity. Not only will it not last, but you need to get and secure those major paydays and those big dollars when you have that opportunity because you're not always going to be contending for a title for title fights. You're not always going to be on championship cards. You're going to face unranked opponents at some point. You're going to be unranked without no belts at some point in time in the future. You need to always have a rematch clause in the contract. It is a must for not only boxing, for any combat sport. You have to. Lopez was unprepared on the contract end. He was unprepared in the boxing ring. Tiafima Lopez is a good fighter. I'm not saying he's not a good fighter. He boxed Lomachenko's face-off in the majority of that fight last October. But he was not the better fighter against Cambosis. And for him to come out and say, no, I won the fight 10 rounds to 2, 10 rounds to 2, dude, you got knocked around the head. And that's what Cambosa said on Joe Rogan's show. He said, you got knocked around the head. I think you had a concussion or something. We don't know. But 10 rounds to 2, I don't think so. I'll give him a probably maybe 4 rounds, maybe three, 3 rounds of that fight. Cambosis was in the driver's seat the whole time. There was not a really maybe 2, maybe 3 rounds where... Lopez was really getting the better of him. But Cambosas' conditioning, his uh, effective punches that he landed, he put Lopez down two times, more than two times. He was out of control. I would love to see Cambosas fight again early as possible next year. He's a really exciting fighter to see. One thing about fighters sometimes, especially, you see a lot more in the heavier divisions where they don't really fight. They kind of just punch, uh, jab and grab, jab and grab. But you know what? In... The lightweight division, flyweight division, they are exciting fights. They go out and they punch each other. <laughs> they do everything in their power to put on a good show for fans at home in the arena. And they are great fights to watch. And I cannot wait to see Lopez fight again as early as possible next year. There are a number of opponents that are lined up, obviously. He wants to fight and defend his titles in his home country of Australia. As a champion, I believe that you should have the uh, right to do that. We'll see who he decides to defend his titles against for the first time. 
I believe it should be Lomachenko. I really, really do. Because if he's a champion, I do believe this. If Lopez, if, excuse me, if Cambosis is the champion, I believe you should fight the very best. I understand there are hype fights where you are fighting unranked opponents, no belts, anything to just get another fight in, serve the uh, whatever clause in the contract. You have so many fights. That I understand. But he is not only the champion, but he has an opportunity in front of him where he has a plethora of so many great fighters with belts. I would say... Fight the one without the belts. Not because he doesn't have any. He has one of the international belts now because he won against uh, Comey uh, a couple weeks ago, Lomachenko. But fight Lomachenko because Lomachenko, I believe, is the best fighter in the lightweight division. I don't believe it's really close. He is one of the most talented fighters I've ever seen in my entire life. The guy has none of the belts right now and is ranked number eight on Ring Magazine's top 10 rankings. Cambosis is not on there right now. He's not. Cambosis is the champion and he's not even ranked. Fight Lomachenko. He is the best fighter out of all of them. He comes in, he does his business. That would be a terrific fight to watch. If Cambosis beats Lomachenko, he will be in the position, I think, to steamroll the rest of the lightweight division. I believe and with full confidence that he will beat Ryan Garcia. If he beats if, if just to say it again, if Kembosis beats Lomachenko, I am fully confident that he will steamroll through the rest of the lightweight division. I believe he will beat Ryan Garcia, who has none of the belts. I believe he will beat Javante Tank Davis. He's in junior lightweight, but I'm fully confident he will beat him. And I am a hundred percent confident that he will beat Devin Haney. Devin Haney is a good fighter. I do not believe he has a killer instinct. I do not believe that he has the power to be unified lightweight champion. I really, really don't. Really, really don't. I think if, if Kambosis beats Lomachenko, he will steamroll through the rest of the lightweight division. Hope it happens as early as possible. Spring, winter, early next year. Just make the fight happen next year. Lopez, Lomachenko, uh, excuse me, uh, Lomachenko and Cambosas. And I want to see Ryan Garcia back in the ring. He is another fighter who definitely, definitely needs to get back into the ring. One last fight of, I rambled on for the Cambosas lopez as uh, the second best fight, in my opinion, for 2021. The last fight I want to talk about for the best of 2021, before I cover some more topics for the show, was kind of an un- unknown fight. It happened in March of 2021. It was in super flyweight. It was actually the rematch fight between Juan Francisco Estrada and Roman Gonzalez. Roman Gonzalez's name is Chocolito, so it was Estrada and Chocolito too. Now that was the second fight was March of last year. They first fought, excuse me, March of this year or in 2021. They first fought though about nine years prior in November of 2012. So to give you a little bit of a recap, it's in a super flyweight division. The first fight in November of 2012, Estrada um, beat Chocolito uh, via u- unanimous decision. Now, going into the fight, I didn't, I, I did not see the first fight, but the second fight in March of this earlier earlier this year, it was on the zone. It was, it was promoted very, very well. It was promoted very well. It was a lot of publicity for it. Um, things were still kind of. Uh, 
not really in the works as far as like sports. Vaccines weren't really uh, available to that many people yet. So we were inside still watching lots and lots of TV. And that fight on uh, in, in middle, I think it was in early March, early to mid-March of this year was the rematch. And I, ch- I, I checked it out. The rematch between Chocolito and Estrada was one of the best fights that I've ever seen. I know I just said that for the Cambosas Lopez, but in the super flyweight between Estrada and Chocolito, those two guys pummeled each other. They looked like they were just hitting heavy bags the entire night. They both took a beating, a beating by any means. The conditioning that these guys have was out of control. Chocolito and Estrada. I remember some huge, huge punches that Estrada landed on Chocolito. It just got stunned completely sometimes. Stood on his feet. <laughs> Stood on his feet the entire time. They both took humongous haymakers to the face, lower body, uppercuts. They stayed on their feet the entire they stayed on their feet the entire time. And it was actually a revenge fight for Chocolito. He won via split decision so of course obviously a big gap in time about almost a decade between the first fight so they have to do a trilogy a trilogy fight between that between Chocolito and Estrada is going to happen in May of this uh excuse me March uh of early March of next year so just about a year difference between the uh rematch and the trilogy so It'll be fresh, and I can't wait for that fight. That's going to be really, really cool. Some of these lighter divisions and super flyweight, lightweight, and obviously welterweight's pretty established as well. They're very, very exciting. And I know the big flair of heavyweight championship boxing or obviously middleweight, the Canelo. Obviously, he completely bulldozed through the division. But some of these lighter divisions are really, really cool. I would highly recommend to check out the Juan Francisco Estrada and Roman Chacolito Gonzalez rematch in March of 2022. If you have the zone, YouTube, whatever, check out the highlights. It is one of the wildest things. The barrage that these guys put upon each other is out of control. I wish I was doing the podcast uh, earlier this year in the spring. I for sure would have covered this fight, the rematch. It was a brawl. Both guys, they came out bruised, bloody. It was a very entertaining fight. I would highly recommend not only tuning in to the Trilogy fight in March of next year, I would check out the prior fights as well. These two are really, really exciting to watch, and we'll see how the Trilogy fight um, uh, comes about, and that's going to be really, really cool too. So I just want to preview a couple things for 2022. We're going to be much more consistent with shows and coverage going forward. So I mentioned earlier for a couple fights in 2022... Um, obviously with Kambosis, I would love to see him defend, uh, the belt against Lomachenko, the other lightweight fights to happen as well. Um, Ryan Garcia needs to get back into the ring. He has not fought since January of last year against, since Luke Campbell, where he essentially, I think, ruptured Campbell's liver <laughs> with a massive, massive hook shot, but he needs to fight as well as soon as possible. He was supposed to fight in July. Ryan Garcia had some personal issues, had to back out. Canelo Alvarez, one of his mentors, the one of the faces, probably the face of boxing right now, called him out saying, when I was your age, I was fighting three, four, five times a year. You need to fight. You have the talent. You need to you need to show it off. You need to display it. You need to hone your craft. Ryan Garcia, you need to fight again. I think a great fight that, that you should take. I don't believe that he should fight 
a belt holder right now. I think he needs a couple of hype fights first to kind of get him back into the ring. I'm not saying he's fully capable of taking on a Javante Davis or a Devin Haney. I really, really do. But Ryan Garcia, he's been out of the ring for some time. So I, in my opinion, I think belt, holder, belt holders should fight belt holders. And if you're an unranked opponent, not unranked, but a beltless fighter, then you have to kind of display some capability. You need to show what you could do. I think you need to fight against some, not unknown fighters, but I think you need to have some other fights to kind of show that you're back in the ring. You need to have a display of your athleticism. You need to show who you are. So Ryan Garcia, I think he needs to fight definitely next year as soon as possible, but I don't believe he should fight a belt holder right away. I think he should have one or two fights under his belt, no pun intended, first before he fights a belt holder. And I think the, a good fight that he should start with once he has those couple, one or two fights under his resume for 2022 should be Javante Davis. That was a fight in the works for some time. He called out his name after beating Luke Campbell earlier in 2021 in January. So I think that could be a good fight to see next year. Um, like I said, Kamboza should fight Lomachenko and we'll see who Devin Haney fights too. Devin Haney says he would fight um, Kambosis on Jupiter. So he has no problem because some fighters bow out. They don't want to go into another country. Uh, you know, they want to be comfortable. But we'll see what happens there. I would definitely like to see Garcia fight, and that'd be very cool. So another back to the heavyweight division. Tyson Fury is scheduled to fight against Dillian White. Dillian White is a uh, heavyweight boxer as well. Uh, don't believe he's ever held any of the major heavyweight championship belts. Maybe some intercontinental belts or international belts or something, but never really any of the big main belts like uh, Joshua Fury, Wilder, they have held in the past, and Ruiz. But they are supposed to fight hopefully early next year. I just saw that the contract is actually an 80-20 split. Fury's going to walk away with 80% white, 20% of the purse. That is a huge, huge pay differential. So if white, obviously he you get paid to walk into the ring, but... White is looking for his opportunity. He is looking for his opportunity to um, to be a champion. He has fought, I believe, Anthony Joshua in the past. I'm not sure how many of the belts Joshua did have when he was fighting him. Not as many as he did at the height of his uh, success. But if White faces Fury, I fully anticipate Fury to win. They're both very large fighters. They both have a little bit more fat on them opposed to like a... Uh, Deontay Wilder or a uh, Usyk or Joshua who were just chiseled, but uh, that that could be pretty interesting. I would expect Fury to win. I think he has a little bit more of a capability. I think White has a lot more uh, just big big power. He his fighting style in a way kind of reminds me of George Foreman. Just really really big power punches. I'm just gonna kind of wait to really just pummel you in the into a corner. And I think Fury has a little bit more of a much better footwork and he's a little bit more conditioned obviously he does have a height advantage the weight probably actually wouldn't be too much of a difference uh between the two of them so that could be kind of cool one thing that actually just does come to mind about that tyson fury his last few fights so obviously his last two fights were against deontay wilder but there was a big weight difference between the two of them i'm pretty sure that wilder came in like two 30 or something and Fury came in like 270 so it's like a 40 pound difference that's a big 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 difference White is a husky guy he's not a thin well he's a strong person don't get me wrong but he's not a 
chiseled uh, athlete like Anthony Joshua. So the weight difference, I would imagine, wouldn't be too much between him and Fury. So that could be kind of interesting to see Fury fight against someone who's pretty close to his weight. I have not really seen that for for some time. Obviously, the fights that he had uh, in between the Wilder second fight were against uh, Tom Schwartz and uh, Otto Wallin. Both heavyweights, obviously, but I don't believe anywhere really close to the weight that Fury was uh, holding at the time. So Fury against White could be pretty interesting. But I, I, I would expect Fury to win. Hopefully that would happen in, as soon as possible next year. I'm not sure if that's going to be promoted by a DAZN through Eddie Hearn or um, BT Sport through Frank Warren. We'll, we'll have to see. But that could be really cool when that actually does get announced. And another fighter I want to see fight again next year in the heavyweight division is Deontay Wilder. I mentioned earlier, American heavyweight championship boxing needs to come back. It needs to have a comeback. And Deontay Wilder, he makes a lot of noise in the ring, into the microphone. He's, he's an entertaining fighter. He's a great athlete, and I want to see him in the ring again. There have been so much praise over the past month or so towards Deontay Wilder. We want to see you back in the ring. Tyson Fury anticipates him to be a champion again. I would love to I would I would not be opposed to a fourth fight between the two of them. But I would love to see Wilder have another shot. Not even like necessarily as a heavyweight champion, but I just want to see him fight again. He's really, really exciting to watch. He he has really good knockout capability. He's a really, really great fighter. So I would say uh, one person at Eddie Hearn had actually recently um mentioned that Wilder could see as a potential opponent down the road would be uh, Derek Chisora. Chisora has been around for some time. He's a uh, heavyweight from uh, the UK. I believe he's also from uh, um, from Africa as well, from his original roots, but he's resided and fought out of England for a large portion of his career. Um, Chisora is a decent fighter. He's a very, very large, large person. Um, tremendous amount of power he is his last two fights he fought against joseph parker parker was uh at one time a heavyweight belt holder lost it to anthony joshua some years back and has recently fought against parker had uh lost the last two fights so that um i think chisora not would wouldn't necessarily be a walk fight for wilder but you know, I like seeing two different fighting styles clash against each other. Wilder has really good knockout capability. He has a lot of power. So does Chisora, though. Once he lands these big punches, that could be pretty cool. So, the one thing that's pretty interesting about if they do come to fight, if Wilder and Derek Chisora do square off next year, they both really need, especially Wilder, because he's a lot of his knockouts have been in the early rounds of fights. Chisora needs to do, needs to do that as well. Derek Chisora is a very large, large fighter. He's a very he's a little bit more overweight, obviously, than uh, Wilder. Wilder is very, very conditioned, very, very ripped. But Chisora really needs to win his fights in the early rounds. He fought Alexander Usyk last year on Halloween of 2020, and Usyk obviously won the fight, still undefeated, but. Chisora really needed to do his business to win, to take out Usyk in the early round. Because heavier fighters, some are a little bit of an enigma, obviously like Tyson Fury. But heavier fighters, they tire. They tire. They could take some punches, obviously, because the fat does absorb. We've seen that with Fury and Andy Ruiz. But heavier fighters really need to conduct their business and 
not only, if not land a knockout punch or really beat up a fighter in the early half half of the fight, the first six rounds, because as the fight goes on, these fighters tire. And especially if you have more weight on you, you're not as conditioned. Wilder is, I'll say it, he's more conditioned than Chisora. But that could be kind of cool because they're both fighters who really land a lot of their effective punches in the early rounds of the fight. And that could be a cool fight to watch. I would like to see that. I would I, Really, I would like to see Wilder back in the ring again. He's an exciting fighter to see. And I think Chisora is a big name for him to fight against. Eddie Hearn will promote the hell out of it. He will make sure that Wilder, Chisora, everyone's going to be known. And you never know what could come of that afterwards. It could be... They may potentially want to see Wilder and Fury for a fourth for a fourth fight down the road. You never know. One fight that has always been in the works for Deontay Wilder has been spoken about for three or four years now. It's a fight against Wilder and Anthony Joshua. That is a fight I think everyone would like to see. Belt or no belts on the line. That would be a really, really crazy fight. Both names have always been talked about. Who's the better fighter? Who's the better fighter? They both have a... Great, great skill set, both of them. Wilder has a really good um, knockout capability. Joshua has really good power, has some pretty effective uppercuts. Obviously, we've seen that with the uh, Vladimir Klitschko fight back in 2017. So, I think that is a fight that I would like to see happen. I'm not sure if it would happen in 2022. I'm not sure if it's ever going to happen, but it would be a really exciting thing to see. They're both gigantic names. Wilder has the personality. Joshua has personality too. But I think that would be a really exciting fight to see. And I would like to see it happen next year. So um, just a couple more things I want to talk about as we uh, conclude uh, our 2021 recap of Beyond the Ring uh, Boxing. So I have not talked about this one bit during the course of the show since he has stepped into the ring. And I really don't plan to cover it that much. But I will talk about it very, very briefly. Very, very, very briefly. Because I really don't want to grant this person publicity or access. So, Jake Paul is a YouTuber. He was at one point in time a Disney star. He is a guy who, in my opinion has just made a lot of noise to get a payday. And you know what? He's done it very, very successfully. He has. He's made a very, very good name for himself with the money he's made. But he's only fought probably five times so far. He's fought only five times. And the five times that he's fought, yeah, obviously he's won. But... He's not really put together, in my opinion, a resume that really grants the coverage that he, sh- he thinks he should be getting. It does not make sense why someone like Jake Paul is getting this attention. And the bottom line is this. He's getting the attention because people like someone who's really not always involved in a sport or an area of expertise... To come in and just succeed because it gives people hope. It does. And I'm one of those people on some things as well. It gives people hope of, wow, someone who wasn't originally in that field, someone who didn't originally start in that particular career, and especially in sports, because sports is money. It's an opportunity for a payday. 
if they see someone jump from one area, from one sport, one skill to another, then they know that, hell, I could do that too. I can do that too. I think the person who really started this for jumping from one sport to another, making a, a lot of noise, a lot of, a lot of publicity, was Conor McGregor. He jumped over in 2017 from MMA to, to boxing, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, everyone watched it, he made a boatload of money. And I think that's kind of shown people because you have ex-NBA players, you have YouTubers, you have like musicians fighting now. And it's just, it's all to make money, obviously. But if these are, if these guys are saying, look, I want to fight Canelo, I want to fight Tom, I want to fight Tyson Fury. I want to say this. I have not paid one cent for any of Jake Paul's fights. I refuse to. If I do that, then I'm not really a boxing fan. Because Jake Paul is not boxing. He's not in the business of boxing. He's in the, biz- he's in the business of making money. He is. He's fought, I just, I'll briefly say, he's fought a YouTuber, an ex-NBA player, and he's fought two other UFC fighters, both of which were out of their prime. Now, UFC combat sport too, but you know what? Jake Paul, he's training as a boxer. I guess he's training. And these other guys, they're not really boxers. And I'm not really sure how much training Tyron Woodley or Ben Askren, the two fighters that he did fight against, really prepared for the fight. They probably thought, look, this guy's just making noise. He's he's doing whatever. So he recently he fought uh, Tyron Woodley again in December, I think, for a fight, for his fifth fight. He was supposed to fight Tommy Fury, who was the younger brother of Tyson Fury. But I believe that Tyron Woodley took a dive in that fight against Jake Paul. I really, really do. I think it... I think it's all designed. I think it's just a money-making scheme to him to get as much cash as he possibly can get. Because he sees these guys. He saw what Conor McGregor did. He saw what all these fighters are doing. They're making this exorbitant amount of money for just stepping into the ring. Because as much as Jake Paul wants to win, he loves people hating him. Because people will pay to hate him. It's like a Floyd Mayweather effect. Tom Brady effect. People want to see you lose. They do. So... He created this whole entire hit list, Jake Paul, about fighting uh, Floyd Mayweather, Mike Tyson, Canelo. It's it's all to make money. And you know what? I would pay to see him fight Canelo. Canelo, I think, would win in the first round easily, obviously, and not think he would. But I'm going to say this. he is Jake Paul is a cruiserweight. I'm going to give a little bit of a boxing background of who he should fight. In the cruiserweight division right now, the number one ranked champion is Myris Baridis. He's from Latvia. He holds the Ring Magazine and IBF Championships. He is 28-1. He has 20 knockouts. His solo loss, that one loss, is against Alexander Usyk, the current heavyweight champion of the world. He has been on the Ring Magazine list for 282 weeks. That's a long time. <laughs> That's a long time, that's a gigantic resume, and that is an illustrious career this uh, Burritus has uh, put together so far. Jake Paul, you want to be a champion? You're in a cruiserweight? You can't fight Canelo yet. You cannot. You want to really make some noise? Fight Marius or Myris uh, Burritus. I'm sorry if I'm 
mispronouncing his name. But he's the current cruiserweight champion. You're in cruiserweight. You want to be the best? Fight the best. I will just leave it at that. I will not pay for a cent for any of his fights unless he... I will consider. Consider if he fights a real boxer. If he fights Tommy Fury, I don't even know if I really pay to see that. Tommy Fury is a fighter, obviously. He's undefeated, but... I, I think Tommy Fury, in, he's not as covered as much in America as he is, obviously, in the UK and in England. But I have a feeling, I've seen some of his stuff, he's like a pretty boy, kind of. And he's a good fighter. I'm not saying he's not. He's undefeated. He's he's a good fighter. He comes from, obviously, a very good background of fighters and from his career, obviously, with his brother and his father. And his father is a good fighter as well in the past, but... I believe that for Jake Paul, who's just this loudmouth making money, trying to get score a payday. Look, I'm gonna consider you a boxer when not only when you you don't, you don't even have to to beat a boxer, you gotta fight a boxer. Tommy Fury is a fighter, is a boxer. I would like to see him fight Myers Brees. <laughs> He's the current cruiserweight champion. Make that fight happen. You want to make some noise? You want to really call yourself the boxer, the face king of boxing? He's saying mouthing off, saying it's better than Muhammad Ali. It just, it's just to make money and get noise. So to get noise, to make noise to make money. So we'll see what happens there. If that ever does happen, come to be. I have a feeling he's just going to keep calling out UFC fighters who are a little bit past their prime, not as capable and just kind of rig fights to knock them out to get money to keep that keep that money train going because Jake Jake Paul has to realize if he ever fights Canelo Alvarez he's going to need a ambulance a stretcher and a good amount of time to not get out of the hospital bed if he fights him because he would probably if not knock him out imme- immediately his uppercuts to the body would absolutely rupture his liver so we'll see when if he ever fights a legitimate fighter until then he's just loud mouth making noise it is this is really the only time i ever really wanted to cover him he's just a guy who's just a distraction in the sport of boxing so all i wanted to say so a couple fights i do want to talk about before we wrap up for 2022 so i've talked about it on so many shows so many past shows the welterweight division um, Errol Spence Jr., Terrence Bud Crawford, when is the fight going to happen? Make it happen next year. Um, Errol Spence is, he needs to fight again. He definitely does. And Terrence Crawford has been, he's been beating every, he's beat every single person that has ever been placed in front of him. We need to find out who's the best. Not only find out, it's a fight I want to see. I don't really care who's the best. I just want to see the fight. <laughs> it's a good fight. It's too good of a fight not to happen. Needs to happen. Bob Arum of top rank, you need to put the foot on the gas to make this fight happen in 2022. A must see. A must see. Another fight that I'm really excited about um, happening next year. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, obviously, over the past year, 14 months, has completely taken over the well, uh, middleweight division. He beat um, um, beat Caleb Smith. He beat Billy Joe Saunders. He beat um, Caleb Plant. He beat everybody. So there's nobody left for him to face against in the middleweight, super middleweight. He's... A god among men in that division. In my opinion, the greatest middleweight fighter of all time. Pretty bit of a bold statement when you consider other fighters who... Obviously, Canelo hasn't even finished his career yet. But other fighters in middleweight, obviously, being Roberto Duran, uh, Sugar Ray. It's... The list goes on and on. Uh, obviously, Mark Van Hagler, um, Tommy Hearns. But it's... The resume that Canelo has put together is incredible. 
He is one of the best fighters I've ever seen. Has a has a lone loss to Mayweather when he was young. Lost nonetheless, but if they fought today, I believe Canelo would win. Let's put that aside though. <laughs> but Canelo has moved up to cruiserweight because why not? The guy has taken over in every single area of his career that he has ever been challenged against. He has completely dominated the middleweight well, to win every single division, I don't even know if he's fought in multi. He probably has. Every single division he's ever fought in, he's completely dominated. He needs a new challenge. People will pay to see his fights. They will do anything. So, if he fights, um, he's, fight, he's scheduled to fight in May against uh, Alunga um, uh, Makumbe. And I might be mis- mispronouncing his name. Makumba, Alunga Makumba, or Makumbe, in his cruiserweight division. Um, um, Makumbe is a good fight, too, or Makumba. Um, he is 28-2, 25 KOs. He is a um, current WBC champion in the cruiserweight division. So that could be very cool. So not only does Canelo have, I would imagine he would be putting the super middleweight belts on the line. So if uh, Makumba defeats him, he would be super middleweight champion as well as cruiserweight champion in multiple weight classes. Very, very impressive. I do believe that uh, Canelo will be victorious in that fight. I've never really seen uh, Makumba fight, uh, Makumba fight, but I'm just going to say this. Canelo, every single thing, every person that has been placed in front of him has been defeated. He's been defeated... He's defeated every single opponent that's ever been placed in front of him. I'm not bet against him. So that's scheduled to happen in May of next year. That would be really, really exciting to see. I cannot wait for that. So for 2022, big fights that I want to see to recap. Obviously, I want to see Kambosa's um, Lomachenko. Other fights in lightweight division. Tank Davis, Haney, Ryan Garcia. Need to fight. You guys need to fight. I want to see it happen. Um... Tyson Fury, Dillian White. Hopefully that gets that's, that gets scheduled. I would love to see uh, Deontay Wilder back in the ring in the ring again. Canelo uh, Makuba. That's going to be a really really terrific fight to see if Canelo can continue to dominate. And I will give no praise or any uh, notoriety or publicity to Jake Paul. I really don't care who he fights next, but he's just going to keep making noise to make money. That's all I'm going to say. So big big fights for 2022. 2021 was an excellent year for boxing. Thank you so much for everybody for listening so far. I want to continue to grow for the podcast for the coming year. I want really, really want to get some interviews on the show, whether it be fighters, tra- trainers, promoters, anything. I just love the sport of boxing. I want people to discuss it with me, and I cannot wait to recap more fights, um, preview fights, interview. It's one of my, it's my favorite sport, and I cannot wait. Thank you so much for everybody for listening in 2021 as we started. We did a number of great shows. I cannot wait for what next year is going to bring. It's going to just be con- a continuous um, uh, collection of really great fights, and I c- just cannot wait. So thank you so much for everybody for listening this year, 2021. Cannot wait for 2022. This is Beyond the Ring of Boxing.